As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Guys, I cannot express my enthusiasm to do today's episode enough. I am so freaking jazzed. And to be honest with you, that is not bullshit. Um, I know you gotta come out with energy and whatnot and get people revved up. But frankly, today is a very special day. Um, Today is... The anniversary, um, kind of welcome home, 10-year recognition of the 2008 Cotton Bowl champions for the Missouri Tigers and the season opener for the 2017 season. Uh, What I mean by that is college football started today across the country. Uh, Missouri Tigers played. I'm actually recording this podcast from Tiger Hotel in downtown Columbia, Missouri. Um, uh, was at the game today and was uh, able to see a bunch of my old teammates uh, and we were able to be recognized at halftime down on the football field. Uh, a lot of a lot of cool events that happened over the weekend. Uh, it's a very special day and this is podcast episode number 31. Ironically, I didn't do it this way and you guys probably don't give a shit, but for me it's special because I was number 31 in college and today was the first time I was able to get back down on the football field since uh, my days as a football player. And on top of all of that, I have a very good friend, special guest, former teammate, um, and big fan of the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast, Caleb Medley, ladies and gentlemen, hashtag number 48, um, wide receiver, tight end for the University of Missouri, who later went on to play for Missouri State, which is ironic because... That's who the Tigers were playing today. But Caleb Medley, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us, brother. Long-time listener, first-time podcaster. <laughs> Big fan of the show. I'm still waiting on my check. I've been promoting you for what? Um, going on the longer part of 10 years now. Yeah, you're uh, you're one of the guys who uh, is actually... You have outstanding bets on whether or not I'm going to make it big. I bought some call that's about to expire, and uh, I definitely... I need you to step it up a little bit. <laughs> is this true? This is true. Uh, th- yeah, There's an expiration date Ex- on this. There's an expiration date. Usually it's nine years. Luckily, I got one that's a little longer. But, uh, so, you know... I need the expiration date? Uh, we got a year and six months. Really? Yeah. So. And is there a way of quantifying my success... For the terms of this bet, I need you to be on national television. Okay. Whatever that takes. Well, we were on national TV today, I think. <laughs> you by yourself, um, either in a movie, uh, you've done that. Let's say behind the mic. So, like a special. Or a speaking role in a movie? Speaking role in a movie would be great. Um, I'd like, hopefully, maybe like a late night. Set on like Jimmy Fallon or something like that. That'd be perfect. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. do my best so that you can win the bet. <laughs> I, I'd appreciate it. You know, I've been rooting for you for a long time, and uh, I gambled on you. You've, you know, just kept me waiting for nine and a half years now. So way to really uh, feel guilty for not, you know, not being successful. 
<laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just busting your balls. Um, is that real though? That is real. You know, I've I've talked to people before. So there's there's some money. The truth. Always I actually comes don't out. even want to know how much money. It don't is. worry about it. <laughs> awesome. I well, think I think a rule was that we weren't allowed to uh, discuss it with you. So I think that's a fair rule. Yeah, I think that's a fair rule. Also, we kind of just broke a part of the rule there, did we not? No, no, that, that's okay. Okay, that's okay. Okay, the the, the money on the line. Right. Okay. Um, we've never talked about this, but you were you were an extra in the football movie with um, what was the name of that movie? Uh, two movies: The Amazing Spider-Man and. Not a football movie. McFarland, which was on TV the other night. McFarland. And yeah. you were 48, right? Yes. That's right. Which is your number in football. Mm-hmm. And we have a very special uh, connection for number 48. Um, for anybody in Eureka, Missouri, 48, for me, we can take turns discussing what it means to us. After you. Um, but um, 48 was a very uh, special person to, to our community. Uh, the person that wore number 48, his name was Andy Beto, um, and he passed away while playing football for Eureka, um, and he um, represents um, everything that it is to be a Eureka Wildcat. Um, you know, we have a special ceremony at homecoming, um, the Andy Beto Award, uh, every year in honor of him and his family, and it it really, the meaning of it, it goes beyond, you know, being able to quantify, but the first time I, I wore, they have it retired at Eureka, um, and the first jersey that I wore at Mizzou was number 48, not by choice, it just happened to be, and a lot of my teammates who had seen me were like, you know, like, wow, Ultra's wearing 48, it's almost like he's meant to carry the torch and, and, and represent Eureka, right? basically. Right. Um, so that was really special for me getting to do that. And then, um, they made a mistake. I wasn't, that was a one-time thing. My, my number in college was actually 31, which did I already say that today's the 31st episode? I don't know if I did that in the beginning, but. Well, this is the second take that we've had. So <laughs> I'm not, I know you said it once. I'm not sure if you said it twice. I know we messed up cause we were having some technical difficulties, which seem to be going uh, better now. But anyway, Caleb wore number 48. Um, he was a wide receiver, as I said, and a tight end at Mizzou in our spread offense. Um, they're kind of one in the same because each position has to play all of them, basically five receiver spots, you know, three to the left, three to the right. You only have two on the other side of the time, so you can only have five receivers at a time, but, you know, three and two or one and three or two and two. Pretty interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, but in in – you got to play all positions. Okay. So anyway, Caleb, tell us about 48 for you, brother. Well, uh, I think you blew me out of the water, and that's going to be pretty tough to follow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 48 was... Uh, I had to make sure I gave it the right justice, because it's really special. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I can tell that. you. Uh, that's awesome. That's a great story. That means a lot. Um, 48, I think anybody that plays sports, their numbers, you know, and takes it serious, their number's special to them. Um, I was 24 in basketball in high school, and I always liked that. When I got up here, I had the opportunity to be 48 just because, you know, I wasn't a running back, so I wasn't, wasn't able to be uh, in the 20s. But 48 was double that, and it's just meant a lot to me ever since. Um, I, I really appreciate your story, and it reminded me of Willie Moe, which I, for those of you who don't know, William Moore was a first-round draft pick. He played on the 
on he was the team a, with us. Played on the team with us. He was a safety. Went on to play for the Atlanta Falcons for nine or ten years, and uh, he wore twenty five in the league, which was in memory of Aaron Owens. Aaron O'Neill. Aaron O'Neill. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Aaron O'Neill. So that reminded me of that, that, and I thought that was really special. And I had forgotten about your story with forty eight, but uh, that's a really special story. Thanks, man. And it's cool that you bring that up. It's nice to honor these guys by um, by giving them a couple minutes, uh, you know, of time to discuss it and to to help people remind uh, to remember kind of what they meant to our programs. You know, obviously Andy meant. And, and will always mean a, a tremendous amount to Eureka football. And Aaron O'Neill means a tremendous amount to Missouri football. Aaron, actually, I played against him in high school. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. I remember um, number 25. Uh, I remember Parkway North. We played them. And, you know, he's a great athlete. And I remember when he got the scholarship to Mizzou. And I was like, man, I want to get a scholarship, you know. Um so, yeah, I was really, really happy that he had that opportunity. I know he means a ton to, to all the guys. Um, I didn't get to know him personally, but uh, that's really cool that Willie Moe yeah. honored him Very properly cool. that way. Why don't you uh, tell the listeners about our day-to-day and uh, what we experienced? Yeah, yeah. We'll st- we started off deep. No, we can start. Well, this is still going to get a little... This is going to be less deep, but it's very exciting. <laughs> More exciting than it's been. Yeah. Okay. More um, energy. Um, today... We, I can't remember what I have or have not said, but basically, <laughs> I think the CTE is kicking in. <laughs> um, uh, we got plenty of jokes we could make about that. And I, I saw Sean Witherspoon today, and I was like, hey, you're the guy who gave me CTE. I got a headache just looking at it. <laughs> Hey, if you can't laugh about it, we can't go back in time and <laughs> take back those hits. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I, I agree with open arms and I don't I don't regret a day that I spent on the football field. Same. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. Same. Um, and today was the first time I got to get down on the field since my career ended and, and same for you Caleb and same for a lot of us probably. Yeah, first time at, uh, down on the turf since the last game which uh brought back a lot of memories that I wasn't expecting. It sure did, man. I I actually had like goosebumps and I was shaking a little bit. Yeah. Believe it or not. I mean, fuck it. I don't have to be concerned about looking uh, I guess it shows the part of me that's human, you know? I mean, it means so much that it was hard to even process everything. If you think about it like an information sponge as we were walking down onto the field through the stands and being paraded and, and having people, like, recognize, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> like, these are the dudes. Um, it, it was it was, it was was riveting um, and... An adrenaline rush isn't the right word. It's just so meaningful, you know. Um, and just like you said, it just it brings back so many emotions. Uh, and I think walking through the stands down onto the field and getting down onto the field was probably the highlight. I couldn't even fully process everything because, like, it just it was so exciting and, and so meaningful that it was like, man, um, I wish I could like freeze this in time and just go back to it like with a three-dimensional like flash drive whatever I want <laughs> and just yeah that'd be nice <laughs> for sure be able to insert myself into the matrix you know at this <laughs> moment <laughs> um you know and with 60,000 or however many fans were in the crowd and you know just the way they look at you too right when they recognize um you know when they recognize that we were players for that team 
just the looks in their eyes is something that I'll never forget, right? Being part of that and, and seeing the awe and just excitement and, you know, it's, it's like, it's something you can't even touch, you know what I mean? It's, it's very special and it's hard to articulate and put it in words. Yeah. It really is. It, um, it, they, we, well, we used to, it was a daily thing. You know, we'd be here in Columbia and do the Tiger Walk, game day, you know, do all our do all of our things during the week. We'd wear our Mizzou gear out and people knew who we were and people were excited to see us and talk to us and go to your hometown, your parents, friends, uh, go to the grocery store, go get your haircut at the barbershop and everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody is excited and there's just that energy buzzing all the time, uh, which we don't we don't get on a daily basis anymore. So to kind of get a glimpse into that again today for even just a few minutes was uh, something special. Absolutely. It meant a lot. Yeah. I agree, Caleb. You know, um, yeah, definitely. It, it fades a little bit over time. You know, people move on and there's a new team now and everything, but um, we were we were the best team in, in Missouri history as far as, you know, BCS rankings. I don't know if Missouri had ever been ranked number one before. They hadn't. Um, we were ranked number one BCS. I remember when we found out the news. We were actually all together as a team when we found out, which is ironic because yeah. usually you're gonna like look on ESPN. People will call you, "Hey, did you see?" But we happened to all be there at the same time. They made the announcement and nobody knew, and we all found out together. It was. Uh, we were at a dinner, and it was a team dinner. And uh, was banquet, it Mike Kelly? Right? It was a banquet. It was, it was a banquet, banquet yeah. for the year. Yeah. And was it Mike Kelly? That announced it? I don't remember who. I it think was. he stepped in and announced it, and it was a this was a really special moment again. I mean, absolutely, the entire state of Missouri was <laughs> literally like on fire, you know, in a good way. Absolutely. Um, when we were, man, I, I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about, but just like, do you remember what it felt like in the air? Like, when we were going into, when we were continuing, we were like a momentum, the, the, there's this momentum of success that you can't touch, but you can feel it. It's electric. It's electric, and everyone knew it was there. Whether you want to call it, like, we had a team chi, like, we were able to <laughs> our team chi, but it's almost like you could, like, take a butter knife and cut right through it. Everybody was all in, and for anybody who takes sports seriously, players, coaches, I've been on a lot of teams that not everybody's all in. I think that's kind of a rarity. You know, you get people that they're just there to be there. But I honestly feel like everybody on that team was all in. Players, coaches, weight trainers, all the way down to uh, coaches, assistants. I mean, you name it. It was, it was just an awesome time. Awesome group of guys. I can't say enough about it. Yeah. And it was nice. Um, last night they had a dinner for for us, uh, for us football players that were on that team, and Gary Pinkle actually got up and and gave a speech, which was nice. And he thanked us. I mean, he said a lot of nice words. I, I enjoyed all of his words, and and I'm very happy to see that he's kicking cancer's ass. Um, he looks healthy. He's quick. He's alert. He's smart. Wouldn't even know that he had cancer or is in, you know, like literally just looked like he could continue, he could be the head coach right now. You Agreed. Know? Yeah, I think the same thing. Um, and the fact that he thanked us for what we have done for the Missouri football program and for him and for the state, um, it was very special and genuine coming from him. 
it was very special to get that that thank you um, from the bottom of his heart. It felt like you know it was it was genuine. You could tell it, it, it meant a lot. You know, and it's it was really cool, and I was happy to see. I just it was nice to see him. You know, it was nice to see everybody, um, and. Uh, I would say it was nice to see he actually he made it down to the field today um, so kind of picking up where we left off earlier today we made it down in the field and we were like we were feeling like rock stars <laughs> we were down on the field like joking around and stuff and making jokes I got a Facebook live if anybody's interested feel free to uh, check check out my, my <laughs> Facebook live I tried to get the Facebook live going once we actually got to the middle of the field during the, the ceremony um, and the damn thing wouldn't work. I think it's because there was too too many cell phones using Probably. up the LTE or whatever it yeah. is. So like I kind of for a second was like, oh shit, I, I'm I kind of like missed a little bit of the excitement <laughs> because <laughs> because you're on Facebook. <laughs> because I was um, on Facebook. Wonderful. I guess I gotta wait another ten years <laughs> before I can get that opportunity again <laughs> to live in the moment. Gotta check the feed, man. Gotta check the <laughs> gotta feed. Gotta get the Facebook feed. <laughs> But no, it was really cool. You know, they had the, the cameras out, and uh, they were they were like panning the cameras back and forth. It was as we were there, and I was like, "Thank goodness I happen to be standing next to Pinkle right now." And he walked the other way. I was like, "No, Pinkle, walk back this way. You're you're limiting my TV time, bro." <laughs> and uh, and I think at one point, who knows what networks uh, it, it showed on or will show on. But uh, Marcus Woods and I looked into the camera together and said, "Lewis." <laughs> <laughs> I hope um, Lewis sees that. I hope you saw it too. I really do. Oh man! But that was that was the highlight for me. Was walking down to the stands, being on the field, on the sidelines, doing the Facebook live when it worked, and uh, and being out there in the middle of the field and just hearing the crowd again. I mean, the sound of that crowd and. Uh, there's nothing like being on the field, and it sounds awesome in the stands, it sounds awesome around Columbia, anywhere in Missouri that you do it, but to be on the field when one side of the stadium is yelling M-I-Z and the other is yelling Z-O-U, you can't recreate that. You don't even, yeah, you don't even want to talk during that yeah. time. It's like whenever you see a beautiful sunset or something, it's like, don't even, we don't even want to like ruin this moment by right. talking. Absolutely. No, I agree. Uh, when it goes on, and you know, I did this as a player too, typically, but today was the same. I don't even say M I Z or Z O U because I'm just I'm yeah, taking it in. I don't either. In. Yeah, I don't either. You just take it in. Yeah. But um, questions from the audience? No, I know. <laughs> I know that you can't ask us questions because this is not an interactive feed. We have one audience member. Oh, well. <laughs> oh. Apparently they uh, the audience member is not interested. Not in, interested. Okay. In uh, participating, which is no problem. <laughs> so um, yeah, man, we could. Where do you want to? Where do you want to go to next with this, Caleb? Well, uh, I know you had a couple points you wanted to hit, so why don't you pick one and we'll dive into it. Way to way to defer it back to me. <laughs> Falls back in your court. Yeah. It's like what, it's like after the coin toss, you know, one team defers and then that's when the other team defers after the first team defers. <laughs> uh, 
So this this particular episode might be a little bit more football oriented, but I don't think you have to be a football lover per se to appreciate our passion for for something that we that we happen to love. Um, Caleb and I were both walk-ons, um, and we were able to develop that bond. You guys have heard Austin Huff uh, come on in the past as a guest. Um, we talked a little bit about the life of being a walk-on. Um, but I remember Caleb, Caleb was there, uh, a year younger than me. Um, so in a way I felt like kind of a, a big brother, even though he's like a lot bigger than me, <laughs> he's like, he towers over me. Um, but you know, I, I had been there for a little bit and you know, I wanted to show him the ropes. The thing that I liked about you, Caleb, is that you always had a good attitude and you always were willing to work. And you you were there for the right reasons. You loved the game, and you wanted to get better. You wanted to contribute, and you did. You did all those things. I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I think we we've talked about it, you know, a million times. And I love. We have a funny relationship. We we don't catch up for months, and then we talk on the phone for three or four hours and get everything out and get each other all hyped up. <laughs> we got to talk about the chili getting hot. And, yeah, chili's, chili's always burning, but whenever I get off the phone with you, you know, I'm ready to conquer the world every time. Um, That's awesome, man. So, but we, you know, we had a pretty similar experience and we were, we were very similar on and off the field, work ethic, attitude. Um, you know, we had a lot of guys that were really, that were... I consider us both confident, not cocky. Um, I think that's one reason why we got along so well and still get along. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that could can be a rarity when you get around that many alpha males. <laughs> yeah, when you got that many alpha males that are bosses, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Absolutely, I mean, it's uh, they take ownership of their of their destiny. You it's know, a, that's one thing about football players is we. We, we take ownership of, of the things that we do, and we don't really let fate... I mean, I think there's a certain amount of... It's always going to be out of our control, but football players, more than anyone that I know, take it into their own hands, you know, and, and say, I'm going to create my destiny. Um, we are going to create this destiny. And that was kind of our mindset, even the year that we won the Cotton Bowl. From day one, January 1st of that year, when we started... The, we basically decided that we were going to be successful. Yeah. Right. The goals reflected such that we are on, we are mapping out what it what it is to be successful, and that's kind of a mental gap that one of the hardest part the hard one of the hardest things is to become successful, and then there was some UCLA coach that said after that the hardest thing is to stay successful, but it's very difficult to become successful when you haven't been there before. And you have to tell yourself and selves something so much that you begin to believe it. We had our mottos every day was win today. It means you can't control what you did yesterday and you can't control what you're going to do tomorrow aside from planning. What are you going to do today on this day and what did you do today to win and maximize it? Um, and we did that from the, from day one of, of, of January 1st all the way through the entire season. You know, a year later on January 1st when we played, you know, in Dallas. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Caleb, we, we were in, um, we would do scout team together, run plays. Um. <laughs> you know, it's anybody that's ran scout team or even been on first team and 
gone against scout team at a higher level of athletics knows that uh, I and I truly believe that it is true. But you know, we had a we had a phenomenal scout team. We had Jimmy Costello running quarterback. We had great receivers in our line. You know, most of our line was starting within two years, and that's the reason why our defense was so good that year. Yeah. Our defense was almost better than our offense, which is crazy to say. But look how many first and second rounders we had on that team, uh, on the 2017 that went on to play. And it wasn't your – we weren't your um, – you know, we called them in high school Thursday All-Stars because Thursdays were the um, the day that you take it easy. You know, it was kind of a walkthrough. Oh, yeah, so people would shine on those days yeah. if they weren't necessarily good because they <laughs> exactly. were <trying> so hard. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but we brought it every day, and it made us better and it made them better. And it pissed them off for a while. Absolutely. They started to respect us and appreciate that we were not going to die easy at all. We were not going to die at all, damn it. We were going to get out there, and our goal was to score touchdowns on their asses. Now, Sean Weatherspoon and Pig Brown and Willie Moe, I can name them all, but uh, they let us have it a few times out there. Yeah, sometimes after whistles were blown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I... Maybe right in the back or side of the head, <laughs> whatever it was, you know, but uh, <laughs> but we, we always got up and brought it the next play. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this, Caleb, because this was the year before you got there, but I would, I would try so hard. I remember even when we were doing, like, punt or whatever, I would, like, be the wide receiver that was trying to try to go down and get past the – my goal was to try to make the blocker better, right? Right. Like the cornerback that was on the outside. I forget what it's called. Anyway, they would from, – from time to time, Mizzou would do the system where they'd have two guys blocking yep. one guy. So I had two, two of these dudes on me, and they would get so pissed off at me. They actually picked me up one time together, and they carried me to the fence next to the, the playing, the outdoor field, and we threw me into the fence and said, stop trying so hard. Jesus. I, I was not there for that, or I, and I had not heard that story before, <laughs> but that I believe it. It's true, man. Yeah. And um, once again, eventually the, the respect was developed. I remember they, they used to say... Oldroyd stopped trying so hard, and eventually they started to help me up after every time I would yeah. catch a pass and get tackled and be out of bounds. They would help me up, and they would be like, way to, way to go, Oldroyd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they would do that um, because we were making them better. I remember Willie Moe used to get mad at me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> One time I stepped on his ankle, I think by accident, which I, I kind of feel bad. You know, I think I was going a little bit... I was going so hard, probably at a time where I just... I, I do feel bad about that one. <laughs> He's fine today, yeah. so don't worry about yeah. it. I stepped on his ankle. <laughs> it was like he was mad. He was legitimately oh, sure. mad. Oh, sure. You know, um, but today when we saw Spoon, I actually I, I caught up with him for a second. I was like, Spoon, do you remember when you you cheap shot at me and Coach Steck, who's the head coach of Missouri State now, made him apologize to me. And Spoon, he denied it for a second. <laughs> he denied it. I was like, you don't remember that? He goes, no, nah, I remember that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, it was good to see him. It was great to see Spoon. Who was your favorite uh, person? Like, did you have a, a highlight as far as getting to catch up with any of the old teammates? Any, anyone in particular that was really meaningful or cool for you to get to catch up with or you know I don't get to see a lot of the guys very often um I keep in contact with you I keep in contact with a few others but 
it was good to see um, Martin Rucker. He was my big brother up here, and he's just one. He's just a special guy. You know, everything he does, uh, he's running like I think he said for Senate. Yeah, Missouri Senate. And you know, he he just does. He's a doer. He does big things, and he's a genuine guy. Um, he looked after me when I was here. Showed me the ropes my first year. Uh, even when he went to the NFL. <laughs> I forgot about this story, but he he got drafted by the Browns in the third early third round, and my second year up here, <clears throat> he came back and I was doing a five set max on hand clean, and I go remember Marvin Norman, yes, uh, he wore seventeen. I don't think I do remember. He was a he was a year younger than me, but anyways, I was lifting with him and. Uh, <laughs> We neither one of us got our set before, so we were supposed to do like, you know. You missed the five, set. And yeah. You increased the weight on you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so we're both. We both had the attitude of like, oh man, we're dead. You know. It, and I, it was. I it just want to explain because I don't think you understand. The everything was mapped out, including our workouts. So they would increase the weight by X amount, regardless of of anything, right? So yeah. um, he already knew what he was going to be lifting or being attempting. So what he's saying is he did a set and it was already too heavy for him. He he wasn't able to complete like say five reps at X weight. Didn't complete one of them. Yeah. And and now it came time for his next set where they were increasing the weight. Right. So it's like if you didn't make your last set, how the hell are you gonna make this? <laughs> Zero set? chance I'm gonna get the next one. Yeah. So now you they'll get it now. So Rucker comes in and he's all you know, he's got all his Cleveland gear on and he's lifting in the rack next to us and he comes over and he grabs my paper, and he did not see me fail the time before. I don't think he did. He might have. But anyways, he sees my paper, <clears throat> starts you know shaking his head, getting pumped up a little bit, loads the uh, loads the bar up for me, and I'm like, oh, you know, great, I'm gonna fail and uh, disappoint him and everything. And he stops the whole weight room, cut the music off, everybody circles around, and he just big boy weight, big boy weight, let's go, big boy weight. And everybody starts clapping and cheering and chanting. And I don't know how, but I found the will to get that weight up five times. And that was probably my favorite day in the weight room, to be honest with you. That's amazing. It was a, it was a PR, probably the most I got. I, I don't remember what the weight was or anything like that. But uh, inspiring guy. Just looked after me, took care of me on and off the field. So it was good to catch up with him. I, I second that statement about Martin Rucker. He's been there for me in my comedy, actually. Uh, for anyone that's seen my, my comedy special in Kansas City, like, Ruck was carrying the crowd. I was joking with him today saying, like, you were carrying that crowd just like you used to carry defenders on your back. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And he is special, man. And, and, and when you were talking about that, it makes me think about the relationships. Like, it's kind of... It really gets deep for a second, but... We're stronger together. That's one of the things about a team and a unit is you're so much stronger together than you are by yourself. And you will pull each other up. And I think that out of all the things that I love most about football, I think it's the brotherhood that I appreciate and have always appreciated the most. Um, so I think that was, to me, probably one of the things that made this weekend so special getting to see those guys. Absolutely agree. What did we say um, before this podcast started what we were going to do or not do? For one, we could go five hours just on yeah, football. Yeah, we, we could talk about... I think our non-football 
listeners are, probably are ready, to move, <laughs> ready to move on. And you and I could talk about it all day. <laughs> but it, it's I'm uh, realizing that not everybody... Yeah. So let's... Uh, unless you have anything else to say about it. We just it. completed 31 minutes of football material. 31? So that's, that's a great stopping point. Yep, I agree. Okay, let's So we it. can talk about some other stuff, Caleb. Um, we went out last night. That we did. We, we had a good time. We went to... Well, first off... What was the first place we went to? That was... Uh, ten below. Ten below, and there was less than ten people in there. Yeah, it was below ten people. <laughs> below ten people in And they charged us cover, those motherfuckers. Had to pay cover. Uh, went in, looked around, took a shot, and then just walked out. So yeah. that was a good time. Then went to Harpo's. Harpo's was fun. Uh, Harpo's is always a good time. We, Did I, was there a quote that came up? Uh, you had... Well, the band was at Harpo's. That was a lot of fun. Okay, so the band was at Harpo's last night, and they played the the Missouri band. So they played to hype up everybody uh, and get them ready for the game today, which was really cool because, well, I would like to say that I didn't get the opportunity to see them when I was um, playing, but the walk-ons were... Well, we actually would usually go out the night before the game because <laughs> <laughs> we knew we weren't going to get to play. In fact, they didn't even tape our ankles <laughs> before the game because they were so confident we weren't going to get to play. When we sit on the sidelines, it was literally like, it was like, we need to get our numbers up. So Mizzou, spends, <laughs> Mizzou football spends a lot of money, I don't, over a million dollars in tape. Really? Per year. Yeah, I heard I this fact whenever I was there. But uh, they uh, apparently didn't have enough to cover us on game day. <laughs> Man, it was fun being a walk-on. Being treated like absolute shit and having to earn every ounce of respect that we got. Um, but you were going to say... Back something. to Harpo's. Uh, you had three or four one-liners last night that were great. And I started writing them down after the third one. I only got one, though. I'm still not 100% sure what this means, but I'm hoping you can... I, I hope I can, because I don't know what you're about to say. I hope you can clarify uh, clarify it for me. But, you know, we were at Harpo's, and we were upstairs, beautiful weather out, had a couple beers already, and we were we were scoping out the girls. We are talking about a couple different girls at the bar. Typical, right? Absolutely. So, Wouldn't uh, have it any other way. Out of your mouth comes, that girl parties a lot. I can tell by her lats. <laughs> so, I wasn't sure if I misheard you. I think, or... as, as this is like hitting me, I'm like thinking through my thought process and it's kind of like coming back to me. I, w- I wasn't sure if I misheard you, so, so I said to you, her lats? And you go, oh yeah. <laughs> so... All right. I st- I'm still not sure what that means. So, okay. <laughs> I think this is what I meant. <laughs> I love how funny I am. <laughs> no, um, I love how I make me laugh when I hear stories of me that I've forgotten. <laughs> it was like 12 hours ago. <laughs> it's a CTE. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so I think that this is... I, I actually do remember a girl and seeing her lats and this kind of kicking in. She looked like a partier. Um, she kind of had that that skin tone that showed she drinks a lot, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, it wasn't 
the type of skin tone that Jennifer Aniston or any of those like where they take like really good care of their skin like not that this girl had bad skin but you could tell it was a little dry okay it was the the party skin <laughs> does that make sense like, I you know I've never heard it talked about like that but it's yeah like, totally you can see it I'm too looking at my face right now you yeah. can see it in people's faces when their eyes are kind of like sunken it's a little darker you can like that, that person parties that's what I look like, for yeah so, so I could see and I could tell like I think she had like a blemish like either a pimple or something on her lat because they were exposed but I could tell it was from not showering um after partying a lot did you go to dermatology I mean, school this was in a hypothesis of course oh okay because we but, were we were probably a solid you know 15 feet from her yeah and for you to be able to look at a blemish on her shoulder <laughs> and diagnose it that thoroughly is impressive <laughs> I'm gonna be honest well, with you it was that and it was also a what she was wearing the exposure of her lats and I could tell because she parties as hard as she does she's gonna get <laughs> wrinkles quicker and they were starting to kind of accumulate on her lats and I could also tell, without getting too sexual, that when she uses those lats, it's like, like when I see her lats, I just think of her using them sexually. Okay. And her drinking a lot. Does that make sense? Like you dissected this girl. <laughs> Does it make sense though? Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, I just had no idea the thought process that went into the yeah. to the one girl <laughs> parties because of because of her lads. Wow. Okay. So that's there's a, a window into the mind of Michael Oldroyd, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Did I? Well. You clarified, so yeah. thank you. Yes, yeah, you got it. I mean, this is fun. I like. I think that the audience is going to be entertained by this type of stuff too. You know. So, Agreed. what else can we kind of delve into that will give the audience a boner? Um, in a non-sexual way or sexual, either one or sexual. Either is okay. Oh, um, hmm, we're thinking. We should probably not say that we're thinking. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but. Um, well, you are... I know all your listeners know you're out in New York. You got a new place. Yeah. You were telling me about it. It's awesome. Yeah. And you told me about, just briefly, uh, a couple weeks ago, about a comedy... Um, ugh, my mind's blanking, but you, you had a comedy... It wasn't a special, but kind of a regular thing that you were doing. Yeah, well, I've been getting on stage a lot at uh, a couple different clubs, like the Greenwich Village Comedy Club and the Lantern, most mm -hmm. often. The Lantern... Pretty famous comedy clubs, right? For sure. Well, Greenwich Village, for sure. The Lantern's newer within the last couple of years. A guy named Craig Fox has really been building that up, much appreciated by the um, the community, community of comics because it helps us get stage time. And I've been able to make some friends uh, there. I, I, I think of it like a beehive for comedians, especially that street, because there's so many, there's like four comedy clubs, there's four places to do comedy on that particular like three block radius. Right. So I feel like that street, McDougal Street, there by the the comedy cellar is, is just like a beehive of comedians, you know. Right. And, you know, been able to kind of, been I've been able to hone a lot lately my comedy. I've been able to. Um, get the stage time required. I've been thrown in some awkward situations the other night. I was, uh, by the time I went out up, there was a couple comedians before me who bombed, so the audience hit their final kind of straw, and there was basically like an exodus um, of 
crowd members that were leaving as they were introducing me on stage, um, which, you know, is not the most fruitful situation to uh, enter the stage from, but I made the most of it. I actually, I did joke, I made the Exodus joke in the moment, um, and and then um, there was a lot of distractions, so I embraced them. Sure. Meaning every time there was a noise, I was like, can we get some more distractions, please? This is not enough. If somebody could just come out here with a big gong and just start hitting the gong randomly right, <laughs> right, be great. right before I do my yeah. punchlines, it'd be much appreciated. So um, those types of kind of embracing the, the, the flaws or the things that you would think are, you know, like nightmares to happen in comedy and actually mm -hmm. like greet them with smiles and candor and just be like, this is fun. You know, I think they loved it. You know? That's awesome you have that attitude. I, you know, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy and I go to the comedy store a lot in LA and the best nights to go is like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But the show goes till two, sometimes three yeah, in the morning. Yeah. And on a weekday, I can't stay out that late. Right. I've got to get back. So, um, I am terrified of, and I strategically time getting up and getting to the door so that I don't get heckled from the next comedian coming up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I've seen that so many times there. Yeah. And they just usually rip the person to shreds. As they're leaving? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I try not to be an, an asshole if I can. That's good that you have the attitude because I'm, whenever I'm at a club and I'm like, oh man, it's past midnight, like I got, I got to get back, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what's going through my mind. Well, I don't think being an asshole is is necessarily the strongest form of comedy. I think it's the the immediate thing that someone latches onto when they're not very experienced. But I think the best comedians are, are comfortable with who they are, and they don't need to immediately be lashing out and putting other people down. You know what I mean? Like if you're funny, you should just be funny, and it should be about the group. I mean, motherfucker, these guys paid to, to watch the show. Like, it's it's actually about them. It's about the audience. It's not about the comedian getting up there and just doing their thing. Sure, that's a part of it, but you gotta kind of, like, be able to look at the entire picture. When I get on stage and when I bring people to, sh to see my comedy, I want them to have a good time. Um... A similar thing happened uh, where there was a bunch of people who bombed right before me the other night and I felt pressure not because I was like nervous for myself but I was like man like these guys paid money I I feel pressure to do well because I want to give them a good show you know right what I mean absolutely and I did sorry to be cocky but <laughs> I was hilarious that night <laughs> Um, what do you what do you say? I'm I'm the funniest guy I know. Yeah, <laughs> come see me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna try to do a video of that uh, where I'm like going around trying to get people to come to the shows, and one of the things I say to to lure them in is, "Hey guys, uh, you want to see me do comedy tonight?" And they usually like, "What?" And I'll just like look at like a group of cute girls as they walk home, and it's not catcalling because it's friendly. I'm like, "Hey," and I smile at them, and I'm like, "You want to see me do some stand up tonight?" Um, and they might laugh or smile like I'm doing comedy, or I'll say like I'm hilarious. You should check it out. I, <laughs> I, I make myself laugh every time. It's, it's really, really. I mean, honestly, I don't want you to miss out on my humor. That's I mean, awesome. You know, um, so just stupid stuff like that. You know, it's uh, you know I'm a very credible source of my humor, ladies. <laughs> and and they laugh. You know, I I say hey, you should watch me do comedy. I'm hilarious, and then they laugh usually and then they're like I bet you are it works 
So um, it works. It, it turns the gears, um, which is fun. But um, yeah, um, part of me needs to urinate, and part of me wants to move on to the next topic. <laughs> What's our next topic? We could talk. Well, you're gonna come out to New York at some point. You you're working for Edward Jones now, um, and uh, I'm excited. Uh, we talk about that and how we apply. The lessons we learn in football toward, for me, it's comedy and my, my job. And then for you, it's getting your career, um, um, continuing, you know, moving that forward. Uh, and it's, it's I know that you're, you, you talked about coming out to New York and uh, maybe we'll be able to see uh, the stock exchange at some point. Yeah, we're, that's, uh, that's in the cards. It'll be, we're going to do that next year and I'm going to come up sometime after December. But I'm going to come up and uh, stay with you, and we'll, uh, we'll have a good weekend or whenever I end up coming up. might be during the week, whatever works best for you. But I definitely want to see you do some stand-up in New York, yeah. and we're going to hit the stock exchange and just have a good time, man. I, think I, don't ha- I don't have any other agenda other than that, Yeah, but we're going to do it. That sounds awesome. Yeah. You know what we should do when we get on the on the, on the the stock exchange is we should start doing some squats, you know, and just giving each other heat as they say guys that's where we smack each other so it like increases your immediate adrenaline it makes you lift more weight usually on the back of the neck you know actually if you ever need heat before you do a big trade let me know (laughs) (laughs) sure before I put the final confirmation in I'm going to give you a call (laughs) Um, going back to uh, the whole small town thing where you know you know essentially you know, if you're on the team at Mizzou, in some ways you're, you're kind of like a, a small town celebrity or a celebrity in Missouri or um, <laughs> Caleb. I got I I the light bulb just going? clicked on uh, yeah. where this story's going. So Caleb, obviously, um, there's a thing that I know about Caleb that I have to talk about here, and that is that he had such a big he had such a big name in the town that he's from. That there was a thing that started to happen, and it was out of Caleb's control. If he had control over it, I would say, "Ah, oh, Caleb, that's not, that's a little shady." Yeah. But this was out of Caleb's control. So yeah, I just this, I just heard about it. Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't like out there promoting this, but he heard about it, and I think it's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. There were guys from his town that would pretend to be him. They'd they go, would tell. They'd go to like neighboring towns. They would go to neighboring towns. Yeah. And they would tell girls <laughs> that they were Caleb Medley, and and as a result, the girls would have sex with these guys. <laughs> That's what Star Power does. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard of you, blah blah blah, and you know they just so there's def there's one hundred percent I don't know probably at least five or six girls out there that still think they've hooked up with me. <laughs> <laughs> well. Those, uh, it's an interesting uh, perspective that you like. As a man, I can't think of resorting to pre- pretending to be another human being. I guess some order. guys just do. I, I don't. They'll know. do anything. Everything. Huh? Nothing else was working. There's no. It's like you know what I. I don't. It's, I'll do. it's low, but it's funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> you low. Know? Oh, it's uh, it's something, man, and it's hilarious. So, um, and I don't think you know. I mean. Why, why destroy those girls' kind of 
I, I don't think it'd be good at this point to like go around and revealing to those girls that they did that. Just like let them have that fantasy. <laughs> let them have that for as long as they live. This was before Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everything was really popular. It was kind of a thing people just did on their computers. Okay, so they couldn't like look you up. Yeah. So today, if some ladies today, if somebody is telling you there's somebody, fact check. Yeah, do a fact check, please. You know, definitely. So. Don't let these fools trick you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Guys, thanks for uh, checking out the show today. Uh, Caleb, it was awesome having you on the show. I feel like, just like you said, we could talk for hours. But I feel like at this moment, I can't think of anything else that I'd want to hit in this moment. So I think that means that we did what we were supposed to do. I think we're at a good stopping point. Awesome, man. I like it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've been wanting to do a podcast with you for a long time. And for not having any sort of agenda, I think it went pretty well. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Hey, since you always listen to my podcast, can you do me a favor and listen to this episode and let me know what you think? I will listen <laughs> Give me some and feedback. let you know. Give yes. me some feedback on our episode. <laughs> That's what I do. I call you. I listen to episodes. I call you and give feedback, and you always say, "Oh man, I really appreciate that." Yeah. And then you, uh, which I always tell you to get more into your love life, which we didn't talk about. Yeah, so that was my. That's bad. true. Well, but, yeah. But next time we do, I need some stories. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll pick up somewhere at some point in the future. I can't and wait. Until then, let's go get uh, let's go get some drinks in our system. <laughs> let's go uh, let's go to Tim Below and see if there's any more people there from last night. <laughs> yeah, make sure I don't get too drunk tonight and do anything stupid. I'm babysitting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. See you in a second. <laughs> see you continuously from now through like the next 24 hours. Perfect. <laughs> Peace to our uh, listeners. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny? <laughs> <laughs>